I'm Hugh. I'm Linda. Together we're Hinda. And this is Hindacast. Linda, do you know what I've noticed? What's that, Hugh? I think there's a direct correlation between the Australian weather and the mood in the commitment ceremony. Okay, so what you're talking about is they were forecasting storms ahead. And that's exactly what we got in the commitment ceremony. Yeah, exactly <laughs> what we got. In fairness, it's usually quite depressing when we're watching this live on a Sunday morning that we're looking at this fabulous weather being forecast at the end of the news in Australia. Then you look at your window here in wet, damp, miserable, cold Dublin. Yeah, and Australians <laughs> are getting worried because the lowest temperature they've had all month is 24 degrees. I wish we had 24 degrees. That was in Liverpool, Australia. <laughs> <laughs> Although the mood in Liverpool, England isn't great at the moment because of the football result yesterday, but that's another matter. That is. It's another podcast, Hugh. It is another podcast. Alyssa and Duncan were forced up on the couch and they were not happy campers. Well, Alyssa was not a happy camper. I, I can't get my head around that. What is going on with that girl? Okay, she misses her child. I get that. I'm a mother. I can imagine how much she misses her child. But she came on this. She commit to this for the duration of the experiment. And now she's all of a sudden sabotaging it because she misses her child so much. She seems to have a different reason to sabotage every time though. Do you not think there's an element of that too? I think the underlying reason is that she just feels that Duncan doesn't want to have anything to do with her because she's a single mother. We discussed this in the last episode and the episode before that. We both thought it was a lot of crap. She's not the only single mother Mm. looking for love in Australia or around the world for that matter. Okay, let's start at the start. It's a deep-seated lack of self-confidence. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, that's it in a nutshell. But when you bring it out, it's manifesting itself, I suppose, in the child that she goes on about again, like she's the only single mother that's ever dated. Duncan has given her every confidence that he can, every reassurance that he can, and it still doesn't seem to be enough. It's, it's, it's actually quite overwhelming, you know, the level of self, self-sabotaging. And it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate for Alyssa as well, because even Melissa said on the couch, you know, you've got a good guy there. Yeah. He is probably the most emotionally intelligent mm. man in the room. He is the most intelligent. I don't think she even said he's probably. I think she said he is. The probably most including John. <laughs> yeah. OK, we'll get to John later on. But yeah, he probably. will. Yeah, he's the full package. He's trying his absolute best. But as I said in the last podcast, you can see it. He is damn near breaking point. He is and he can't do right for doing wrong no matter what he tries to do it's still going to be wrong. She was listening to his every word and picking up on anything that could possibly be conceived in any way as negative and hanging on to that and completely disregarding all of the positives. And all he did wrong was he was asked the question very directly by John and he's meant to be honest on the couch and I think John actually prompted him to be honest. He said are her expectations too high and he eventually said yes and once he said that she hung him forget about it yeah she was up out of there yeah off crying so the message to Duncan is don't reveal your true feelings even on the couch because it'll end badly but how can how can they have a, a relationship like that oh yeah they both have needs and both of their needs have to be met otherwise somebody's going to be unhappy and that's going to lead to the downfall of the relationship by the way it's a vicious circle now we did have a strong suspicion in the last podcast that all of this was being brought up just because there wasn't enough she felt there wasn't enough drama about them and she wants to get a bit more airtime. are we ditching that one time 
totally or where are we on that one? Do you know, I don't know because she genuinely appeared to be upset. Mm. I don't think there was anything fake about her yeah. tears. I don't think there was anything fake about her emotions. But again, there's just some underlying problem there that we're not aware of. There's something going on in the background that we're not aware of because I think it's, it's. I think the, the feelings, emotions that she is displaying, I think they're probably overemphasized for some reason. Yeah, and we'll own that one, Drew. We'll own that one, Absolutely, that we were wrong yeah. about that. Although we were feeling in the dark, you did kind of say you felt there was something else. Even last podcast, you were reaching for other possible things. And the nearest we've got to now is that it's because she's just missing her child. Well, that's what the that's what the experts are telling us. Okay, well, they're experts. Oh, yeah. Who are we to judge? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we'll let them out. They both voted to stay. They're going to keep going. Um, you're going to get to see Duncan for the next week. And I'm sure you won't mind that. No, I won't mind that at all. The more I see Duncan, the more I like him. Honest to God, I think I just, I, I believe, I, I trust the experts and I'm with the experts completely on this. He is the full package. Sorry, Hugh. A uh, huge controversy with the next couple, not uh, Tani and Ollie. Yeah, the retreat 100% threatened the relationship. <laughs> They've gone from better to better again. Yeah. You know, they're absolutely sailing through this experiment. Mm. There's nothing phasing them. They've had no challenges. Yeah. I don't I don't even know what to say. I'm delighted for them. You know, it is mm. genuinely working out for them. They do really seem like a wholesome, nice couple who are crazy about each other. But they also talk in a very mature way, you know. And I think especially Tani, I think she is emotionally mature. Maybe Ollie isn't as much emotionally insure, um, mature. And I know he really did freak me out during the week where he was kind of saying his piece to cameras and then he wasn't mm. having the balls to kind of confront people he was talking about behind her back and things. That annoys me. That bugs me a little bit. I think they need an honesty box or something just put specially through their door to open things up. Open what up? Oh, just find something. There must be something. There has to be something. There's always yeah. something. And I think that they do need a challenge within the experiment and I think it'll straighten the relationship. But we could see it next week when the couple swap. Everybody gets a go. I've said this. Don't worry. Somebody's hanging back. Don't worry. They'll wait till the drama dies down with the big dramatic ones and then, you know, they'll bring them in. I think during the um, Tani and Ollie interview as well, Melissa she gave the quote of the episode and she said if you can imagine it you can live it was it Melissa who said that? I think it was yeah and I just thought that was superb you know if they can imagine a life together well then they can live it it's a pity some of the other couples don't take that on board as well who's up next? Lyndall and Cameron Lyndall and Cam they're only starting to imagine life on the outside or thinking about life on the outside or they haven't even done it yet isn't that it? Yeah, I think I can probably understand why that's going to be a very, very difficult decision for them to make. Can you see Cam living in the city? Not the hope. Can you see Lyndall living with a battle axe mother-in-law? Oh God, nobody would live with her. Well, there you go. So what is going to happen? How are they going to compromise? I don't think that really either of them want to compromise. I definitely don't think that Cam is going to compromise. You know something? I don't even think it's down to compromise. When you lay it out as black and white as you have there, that woman would make the girl life a living hell. I'm sorry, but that that's what it appears from the programme anyway. I think okay? she would even attempt to do that even if he did move to the city. She'd oh, probably yeah. resent her even more. She, uh, The mother-in-law would resent Lyndall even more if she, if he, Cam did move to the city. But if they were living in the mother-in-law's backyard, so to say, your life would be unbearable. And then you'd have to wonder, Cam obviously needs medical attention, or sorry, Lyndall needs, yeah. needs medical attention on a regular basis. She needs a regular checkup. She needs access to medication. Will she have that in the outback? That's my point. It's not a compromise. It's not a question of compromise. And that's the reason, I think, that they haven't even discussed it at this late stage. This is the second last commitment ceremony we're at here. We're in the final run. And this 
is meant to be a couple who have a deep connection and are getting on really well. And they haven't discussed life on the outside. Now, the reason they haven't discussed life on the outside is life on the outside is not a compromise for them. Life on the outside is pretty much impossible for them. Yeah, it is a big elephant in the room. And I think they've yeah. been trying, you know, throwing throws over the elephant and hiding it under the cushions and hiding behind <laughs> the curtains and things. But the elephant is still there. It was actually there even when we did our meet the participants. They were the couple when we got out our calculator or Googled it or whatever we did. I can't remember. I found out it was over three and a half thousand kilometres between their two homes. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we, we said this was a real challenge, this one. There's always a distance couple in maths. I copped that one loads of series ago and they're certainly it. But there's other issues they have on top of the distance, the cultural thing, the lifestyle thing and her health, as you rightly say, and his family background, specifically his mother. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they come up with because they have to have the conversation this week. I don't think they can leave it until final final vows. I think that would be just irresponsible. Yeah. And given the fact that this is the penultimate, what it was, the penultimate yeah. commitment ceremony, they need to be having those conversations now. He is com- coming on with the affection though. She's got more than one hug a day anyway. Well, I don't know. Did he have a choice considering that hug that he jumped up and gave? <laughs> What's her name? Taylor. Taylor. Like, I mean, that was pretty <laughs> intense, wasn't it? I'm kind of going, I'm looking at, I'm looking at Lyndall thinking, oh, you're screwed. So is your hug gone for the day? I wonder, did she see that hug? Well, I hope she did and I hope she was asking questions about it. I mean, Taylor didn't even have to ask for that. That was given freely. Mm, I don't know. I think that was a little bit set up now. Myself. I don't know. I'm seeing red flags. I'm I'm just saying, just there seeing was, red flags. There was lots of hugs, I'd say. And that was just the one we saw. Mm, indeed. Okay, moving on. <laughs> moving next? swiftly on. Oh, these won't take long. <laughs> Bronte and Harrison. Oh, yeah, Bronte and Harrison. Oh, God almighty. What in the name of God? How do things change so quickly? It's literally, it's like a gust of wind blowing in a different direction. On again, off again, on again. Do you know, I do, I have to confess, I I, I want to change my opinion okay. in relation to Bronte. Right. I was saying that, you know, Bronte is well in on this. Bronte is playing the game, but I have my doubts now, Hugh. At one point, I think during the ad break, I said to you, right, previously to this, we've been saying they're fake. And we mean that in the truest sense. They're both in on it. They're just a fake couple. They're pretending to go along. I still think Harrison is fake. Okay. Now we're saying that he's emotionally manipulating her. And I said, can both be happening at the same time? And you said to me, yes. Well, look, I think they are absolutely, he is absolutely. There's no doubt in my mind, not that there was ever any doubt in my mind that she was being emotionally manipulated. But now I actually fear for her. Like, I really do. I just... I feel so sorry for, you know, when she sat on the sofa and said things like, oh, you know, I know I'm difficult to deal with and I know I have problems communicating, articulating what I want to say. Mm. And I absolutely believe Harrison. He's done a number on her. He has done yeah. a number on her. Even the most cynical side of me had said before, well, she obviously wants the career after the show and all that kind of thing. And she's hanging in no matter what. But what's happening now, it's doing nothing for her after show prospects. She's almost making herself unsaleable. And I know if, if I'm objectifying her, forgive me. Yeah, you know, Hugh, and, and we did say from the get-go as well that neither of them were good actors. That they were crap actors, especially Harrison again. Yeah. You know, I don't think Bronte's acting. I don't. I really don't. Well, when it came to Harrison, actually, funny enough, today, we didn't get Florence Nightingale, uh, St. Harrison that we usually got. We got kind of a very quiet, considered Harrison. Occasionally a little snappy, but that was about all. Do you think he was quiet and considered? I think he was just playing up to the experts. Yeah, well... I think he was trying 
pretending to be who he assumed the experts wanted him to be. He was pretending to be quiet and considered. Oh no, I, I say that he was pretending to be quiet and considered. He's always playing some sort of a role. He's dangerous. Yeah. He is lethal. He actually makes my skin crawl. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I was so disappointed. I really thought because, you know, Alyssa or because... Alessandra and Melissa had introduced the other couples and we were kind of saying, John hasn't said anything at all. Like John has been completely, you know, <laughs> like is he actually there? And this time John opened up and John called him over to the couch and you really felt he said, right, as they sat down and it was really like, okay, I'm going to And we open were rubbing our hands together. Both barrels. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Not a hope. It didn't happen. Not but a Yet hope. again, I think John shirked away. Like is John threatened by Harrison? No, I just think they want to keep them in no matter what. You're kind of getting back into this whole moral argument and at what expense at what expense to Bronte at what expense even to the whole show because let's yeah. face it it, it just toxifies everything and even the other participants were absolutely stunned and they were all interjecting and they all had their say and yeah. you know they all said it was absolute madness and it was unbelievable they were all concerned like they were concerned last night at the dinner party it was absolutely over he'd finished with her I mean it was ridiculous and her it, eyes were open and she could yeah. understand and appreciate what everybody was saying you were and right. she believed them and Mm. I am being emotionally manipulated. He is gaslighting me. All of this stuff. And then within 24 hours, bang, it's just completely different. What did he do? Although he had that ridiculous one the other night when he said the relationship is over, but the marriage isn't. The marriage isn't over until we sit on on boat right leave. That's the law according to Harrison. Harrison's world. I think it was very telling as well that as soon as Bronte sat on the couch, she blamed Melinda. Oh, yeah. You know, nobody else said anything. Nobody else disagreed with them in relation to their, their relationship and thought it was fake. Only... Melinda. Melinda made a comment and that brought the whole house of cards down. Yeah. yeah it's like she's homing in and she's clutching onto that one thing. And again, just makes her argument look even more pathetic. Yeah, I suppose that's what people in her situation do in the outside world. That's what I'm saying. She's a broken woman. Yeah. And I think it's cruel to let this emotional manipulation, gaslighting, psychological harm continue. You know, am I am I sad that they're saying, no, not really. I'm sorry. But there's, again, yeah. that part of me that loves the drama of reality. TV and I think that every week they bring it they yeah. give us something to talk about yeah, they certainly do let's should we lighten it up a little bit with Evelyn and Rupert because that is just light 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 I'm not buying it I'm buying Rupert I'm not buying Evelyn ah yeah but Rupert's no Egypt either if she's not into him he'd know she's not into him no I think Rupert genuinely can't believe his luck I think that he does really like her um, I think he's let his walls down and I think he believes that this is going places do you think so I don't mm. think Evelyn does not at all she's no more interested in the man in the moon she's playing a part she's stringing yeah. him along 100%. Yeah, yeah he's a nice guy he fits the bill in that he's a nice enough guy that she's not diminishing her image by pretending to be flirting with him and trying to make a go of it. At the same time, there's not a hope in hell that's going to develop into anything. Not a hope in hell. No, no, I can't see that happening. Um, And nor is she demeaning him or humiliating him or anything like that. They do actually do seem to have a fun kind of way about them. They have more of a a friendship. Yeah, it came to me in, in one thought when I thought about the retreat, okay? And I thought to myself, Evelyn is her own person. Evelyn has storylines of her own without Rupert. In fact, 99.9% of Evelyn's storylines have nothing got to do with Rupert. She's essentially single, okay? Rupert, on the other hand, has nothing without her. He's absolutely no storylines of his own. That's very true. He doesn't even have a personality of his own. No, he's a nobody. An absolute nobody. So in that respect, he's the perfect person for her to be matched with on the show. 
in real life, not a hope. I still think she's great though. I mean, I do love watching her. I think she's fantastic. I think the entertainment value that she brings to the, to the, to the show is, oh, is, totally. is amazing. Like I, yeah. do. I do love her expressions. She definitely adds to the show. I would hate to see them leave, but do I think they're a real couple? No, like not no, for maths. No. no, no, she's a pro. She's and she's, she's she's really good at what she does. She's a reality TV pro. She's actually a likable reality TV pro because she is a shit store. And she's willing to stand up and back up everything she says and does. Yeah. She doesn't shirk from her responsibilities or she doesn't kind of shy away from confrontation. She's no. bringing it on. Yeah. But at the same time, I don't think I don't think she goes looking for it. Telling thing again, real math stuff, losing the wedding ring. How many times did I lose the flame and red rings? Why? Because they only wear them when the cameras are on. That's very true. Yeah, it's very true. Look, I think we'll see probably more from Evelyn and Rupert I think it's the fact that they haven't slept together either at this stage like how long are they in it must be in three four weeks now yeah oh the biggest thing they could get was that they'd seen each other naked but the size of those apartments that wouldn't be difficult yeah true enough yeah no I think that's very telling that they've literally only kissed a few times um, and they haven't been intimate yet yeah Mm. Mm. it's not really ringing through I mean I think there's certainly attraction on his part anyway and and who would she's gorgeous she's stunning I I said that from her wedding day Um, who wouldn't be attracted to her but I don't think she feels the same for him and where she was saying, oh, he's been a complete gentleman. I think that's what she was kind of alluding to as well. Yeah. That yeah. he's OK. He's yeah, OK with it. Yeah. Yeah. Let's not buy a hat just yet. Our most interesting couple, I really do feel that, are Melinda and Leighton. They were up next. I think they're the most real couple, Hugh. Yeah. You know, I think that they, they have issues. They are discussing their issues. In a lot of ways, they're overcoming their issues. They're taking the advice from the couch. We found them last week in a position where they were butting heads. They had been on the family and friends week and the big issue that they came forward with then although they didn't seem to think it was a big issue we did was that whenever they discussed anything it always came to the two of them butting heads and they found they found themselves in a big disagreement and they found a hard to resolve thing they seem to have improved that well I think their their communication has definitely improved considering you know they communicated very well on the retreat and they came out a much more united couple they had issues Melinda felt that Leighton didn't have her back yeah so that was obviously resolved because she sat on the couch today and said he absolutely had my back. Yeah, and he did. He really did. And they just seemed to discuss it very well over the retreat. And the interference from Harrison actually, ironically, strengthened them. So under attack, they became stronger. I'd say Harrison is absolutely raging at that. Well, it can't be the first time he's come across it. I mean, he sounds like a guy who's been interfering with people's emotions and couples' happiness for many years now. Yeah, he's seen, he's a pro, isn't he? Yeah. Um, yeah so, getting back to Melinda and Leighton, I think, yeah, I think that they they're they're a very strong couple. I think they have a way to go. I was a little bit surprised, and I felt that you know Melinda might have blindsided Leighton slightly on the couch. Yeah, she did say, "I don't always feel like you have my back." Yeah, that was a bit. Sorry, what? Yeah, but you were you know basically singing his praises for having your back up until now yeah. and all of a sudden you're saying no he doesn't have my back all the time hmm. I think her fear might be that this is just an aberration and then in the real world or just going forward in the next few weeks that that problem will resurface yeah but how many times did Leighton say to her on the couch I absolutely have your back I 100% have your back I'm always going to have Melinda's back yeah how many times does he have to say it for her to believe it and he's proven that as well he's you know he's he's walked the walk as well as talked the talk yeah. John has twice now in a row criticised him for being logical and he said you need to get out of the boardroom you need to be more vulnerable and a little more emotionally based I personally think that's a little harsh 
I do too, because I think that you have to have, um, you have to have a little bit of both in a relationship. So if one person is being very emotional, well, then the other person needs to kind of step back a bit and be a little bit more objective and a little bit more analytical in their thinking. Yeah. And needs to say, look, I understand your issue is X, Y, Z, but you want facts and you want me to walk the walk or and not just talk the talk. Well, I walk the walk when X, Y, Z happened. I walk the walk this time. I walk the walk last week when we were at the party. You wanted me to do so-and-so. Yeah, I've actually done so-and-so. And that very often brings a person down and brings the other person to reality and lets them feel more grounded yeah. and more secure in the relationship. In fairness to Melinda, she is, she's great. She is so strong. She's so assertive. She went bald-headed for, for uh, Harrison and yeah. she's no fear. I think she's fantastic. But there's another side of her that is quite vulnerable and that she needs that reassurance from Leighton all the time. She's a little bit like Melissa or Alyssa in, in that respect. Um, she just kind of does need that constant reassurance. Ah, no, she's not Alyssa. No, in fact, no, I know there's elements of Alyssa, but only very minor ones, I think it's fair to say. You have to agree, Hugh, she does need that reassurance all the time. She does need to be constantly told, I've got you, I'm here, we're a great team. Yeah, yeah, but no better man than Leighton, I think. Yeah, no, I know, and I think he is, but that's why they're so strong in the relationship. I think because he's more practical and he's um, much more kind of a logical thinker, I think that's what works well for them. So does he need to be so vulnerable? Does he? Does he need to be as emotive as she is? Oh, I, I think he's bringing something to the table that she doesn't have. And that's the whole idea of a relationship. Yeah. You support me and, and you you fill in the deficits that I have and I fill in the deficits that you have. And we've often said that that's what we feel we do. Yeah. And that probably is what makes us strong as a couple. But yeah. No, not everybody's like us, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> It's not always perfect, though, isn't it? It's very rarely perfect. <laughs> no, in no, fairness. no, those differences cause at times cause friction. There's no two ways about it. But you need the other person's input to help you have a full rounded picture of any situation. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And, you, you know, you need to be mature enough and honest enough to say, I appreciate your opinion. I've listened to what you've said, but I'm going to do my own thing anyway, because I'm a grown ass woman and I can make my own decisions and I can suffer the consequences of those decisions. And sometimes it makes take more guts to actually turn around and say you know what you're actually right I'm going to take that on board yeah <laughs> and, and you and I have just discussed a row that we had this morning <laughs> oh yeah 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 or sometimes to be honest as well when the other person says I'm going to do what you've advised you go oh, shit oh no it's on me now <laughs> talk about oh. airing your dirty laundry in public here <laughs> Let's see what happens. Way to go, way to go. We're going to find out. If if it doesn't work out, if if my advice doesn't work out, there won't be a podcast next week. Okay. Can we just go back to the podcast? Let's just go back to Melinda and Leighton. Okay, so Melinda and Leighton, you know, I'm glad they both said stay. I didn't, I didn't think that they were going to do anything different. Um, And it'd be interesting to see how this one goes. And it'll be interesting to see if Leighton can be more vulnerable or whatever that means. I think the reason we like Melinda and Leighton so much is we identify with Melinda and Leighton. Yeah, well, I'd like to think that we do. In fairness, I'd like to think that we do, but um, I think we're probably aspiring to identify with Melinda Layton. I just think they're brilliant. I think they're brilliant as a couple. I think they're brilliant individual. And can I just say, I love Layton's expressions. Oh, with his mouth. Just, he makes sort of a whistle mouth. Yeah, he? and he yeah, just yeah, sucks yeah. his That's cheeks good. in. It's like, it's That's just good. hilarious. Yeah. And he's so animated about it. And it's just, I love it. I just love seeing that. And it's a different yeah. side to him as well. Yeah. And I can't imagine that he does that in the boardroom, John. <laughs> you. No, I'm talking John. Oh, John, right, yeah, right, right. The... Sorry, I just forgot my name there for a minute. Thanks very much. <laughs> 
really, to me, they are exactly what maths is about. They, they're taking the advice and they're working on it yeah. and they're coming out stronger. It'll be very interesting to see what happens next week. But again, we'll go back to that in a minute. Let's talk about Claire and Jesse now. Ah, poor old Claire and Jesse. Obviously, the incident happened at the dinner party, although in some ways it was somebody pulling the scab off the cut because the cut was there when Aris Harrison said what he did. Uh, we, I think, have slightly different opinions on it. Do you blame Harrison totally for the whole thing, Linda? Or how are you on it? Yeah, I do. I do blame okay. Harrison. Absolutely. I think that, you know, I don't think that something like somebody being unfaithful can be repaired in a matter of a week or two. Sure. But I think it's a process and you need to work through that process. And I think that they were working through the process. I think they were getting stronger. I think they were getting closer. I think that they were developing genuine feelings for each other. So even if Claire did right stay initially to salvage her public image or whatever the case may be, I mm. think that she was genuinely genuinely developing feelings for Jesse. And I do think that these two had the potential to come out stronger because of it. Yeah. You know, it did. That kiss did happen very on in the relationship. It happened when they were in a bad place. And and that was because of Jesse. Yeah. You know, it, well, always... it wasn't all because of Jesse. It wasn't totally it. But it was in uh, Jesse's behaviour was a contributing factor. Very much so. He was an asshole during the during yeah. the honeymoon, etc. And he, and he did make life very difficult yeah. for her. But in fairness to Claire, she kept showing up. Oh, she did. And it, Jesse's complaint was that she wasn't into him. But you know something, mate, there was no woman in the world could have been into you the way you're behaving. Yeah, that's exactly How the it. hell could attraction grow in a relation, in a situation like that, where he was putting her down, where he was being irrational, where he was, you know, being loud, where he was just, oh, just being obnoxious. He was being obnoxious and he has to take some responsibility and accountability for that. Um, and I think he got an easy out. And I suppose as well, I blame it on Harrison because in fairness, Harrison, he is absolutely inside Jesse's head. And as he said on, on the couch today, I've had his back 100%. I've been there for him. Unfortunately, Harrison, you are probably there a little bit too much for him and feeding full of a lot of crap. Um, and I think that he wanted to break up the relationship from the get-go because he doesn't like Claire. Yeah, you'd wonder about that. And I think Jesse got very upset at one point and the person who went out to him was Harrison and the person who had his arms around him was Harrison. And everybody was desperately surprised about that at the time. Including us. Like, yeah. And people said, is there a friendship there? I mean, we've never seen any real connection between the two of them lads you know and even then then it, it moved on to the wedding uh, when Claire told him about what she'd done it was Harrison and Bronte and in particular Harrison who was all over Jesse strange one it was strange we did call that at the time it's all of a sudden they're BFFs I think that Harrison as I say I think he had an agenda all along and yes Jesse hate to break it to you but Harrison is a master manipulator spell weaver wizard whatever you want to call him and he absolutely has your number and he's dialing it okay Okay, let me give my input. <laughs> I am no fan of Harrison. Let me just be clear about that. Oh, no, no, you're fan not going to agree with him again. In I can't. any other way, shape, or form. But it's a little hypocritical of the experts to be making them out to be so bad and so evil when the honesty boxes in particular do the exact same thing that Harrison does. They pick away at the most vulnerable element of a person's relationship and they get to the core and they ask the difficult question. The point was put to Jesse and like a penny's bag in the rain, the bag just burst. All the stuff fell out. And what he'd been thinking over obviously a number of weeks 
came straight to the table. Now, that just didn't happen in that second that Harrison made the point, number one. And number two, that's what honesty boxes do all the time. If you remember, it was an honesty box that kicked off the real problem between Claire and Jesse. They were getting over Shushgate when he shushed her in the airport, okay? They were getting over that. They were starting to talk. And then it came up about annoying habits that each other have. And the whole ics came up with Jesse. So I'm just saying, the experts should just think about that. Harrison was just like a human honesty box right then and there. Yeah, his motives were very flawed. That's it. No, I don't think so. I think the whole idea of an honesty box is that, you know, they're identifying issues in the relationships that need to be discussed so that the other person may not be aware that these are even issues. So look at, we've seen that they're issues. Let's get them out there in the open and let's see how you deal with them. Do you not think it's very interesting though that there hasn't been an honesty box in ages? Oh, I think it's too confrontational. Yeah, yeah exactly. Time, you couldn't have an honesty box. I'd love to see an honesty box. Or, no, sorry. You don't need an honesty box at the moment because you have Harrison Boone. Well, that's very true. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he's. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. He was only a human honesty box. That's my point. Yes, his motives were horrible. Yes, his delivery was horrible. His reasons for doing it, the timing, everything was difficult. But you have to look at the way Jesse reacted. It wasn't as if he brushed him off and then later on started thinking about it. He had it all in his head. He did. And I think he should have discussed it with Claire. Claire is the one he should have been discussing this with, not Harrison. Yeah. And, you know, I thought thought it was really unfair the way, again, he turned on her at the table. Um, The experts asked him, would you have written leave if Harrison hadn't said what he did? And he he was very honest and he said, no, I wouldn't. We'd both be in stay. Okay. Would you be putting off the inevitable? No. Again, I think it's a process. I think they needed to discuss it more. I think he needed to be more honest with Claire because he obviously hadn't been honest. I think they I think they would have worked through it Hugh it might have taken a couple of weeks but I think they would have worked through it yeah we, this is one that we definitely disagree on because you think Claire gave him enough reassurance at the table I think Claire gave him enough reassurance since she actually admitted that she had the kiss with Adam yeah I think she's pulled out all the stops again. Claire did, like she always did. She turned up. She gave him the benefit of the doubt. She tried to work through it. And that's not excusing what she did with, with, with Adam by any stretch of imagination. No, no, no. I was just talking about at the table, though. Yeah. But I actually do think that Claire gave him reassurance at the table. Yeah, I do. Yeah. I just think specifically had she said, you know, I didn't, I had a problem with you at the time. It just wasn't good. The attraction hadn't grown. It has grown since, in spite of everything. There's a lot of attraction for me now. I just think maybe that little bit extra and they might be in a different and place or fine. else it was just inevitable. That's all very fine. We're looking at it objectively. We've thought about it for 24 hours. <laughs> you know, she was caught in the moment. She yeah. wasn't okay. expecting this to come up. Her okay. and Jesse went into that um, dinner party last night and they were full of the joys of spring. They were united. They were going places. They'd mm. made a decision to move in together. This was a complete bolt from the blue. Yeah. So could she have reacted better? Yeah. yeah. I think action speaks louder, louder than words and I think that she was showing up for the last two weeks Yeah. and giving it her all. The relationship was developing very slowly and in the round in the way the program works and now that we're on this in pretty much the last two weeks or so you know it'll be hard for the relationship maybe to get all the way to saying yes to final vows so maybe it was inevitable regardless I don't know. I think they would have worked on it over the next two weeks. And I think they might have been in a position at Final Vows to say, you know, yeah, we actually really are ready to to go further with this in, in the real world and see how we work out. Yeah. I think if they'd made it to Final Vows, they both would have said stay. And said, the yes. thing is, though, it does come down to this, that only for the issues that happened along the way, as two people in a, in a good place, if they could leave their baggage behind them, they actually get on really well. And they're actually very, very well suited. And I always go back to the 
the wedding ceremony and all that, just how well suited they were. It's unfortunate about Claire and Jesse. I think that it was probably yeah. just cut short a little bit early, thanks to, to Harrison. Yeah. Um, we'll have no more reason to disagree, though, from now on. Yeah, OK, I'm sure we'll anyway. find a reason. Um, <laughs> Next week, they're going to be doing swaps. That's going to be interesting. It was <laughs> always going to be on the card, so that um, Melinda was going to be matched up with Harrison. What we've seen, we've seen a few of the swaps. So we've kind of worked out Did what we think are going to be the new couples. So let's have a little look through them. Bronte is going to be with Leighton. Um, what's going to happen there? I is, don't, I is don't, he going to get involved? I don't think so. Do you think? No. I don't, I don't think, think he's so. going to get involved. I think that Bronte will just sit there pining over Harrison. Right. Um, and feel like half a person because Harrison is not there and she's going to be mad paranoid about what's happening between Harrison and Melinda. You know, there's a very fine line sometimes between love and hate. Yeah. And you're the one who said that you felt that it was a physical attraction between those two. Yeah, I don't know if it's ever going to manifest itself. Well, um, if it is going to manifest but, yeah. itself, this is a time it's going to happen. And, and we can't be the only ones who've felt that. That's always been, a lot of people have kind of seen that. Yeah. So uh, Bronte may be in on that thought. Uh, I don't know what Leighton is going to bring to that household, as it were. It, it'll be interesting to see the dynamic. Well, I think that, you know, where Harrison is very manipulative and, you know, he's emotionally blackmailing, or not emotionally blackmailing, emotionally manipulating Bronte. I think Leighton is the complete opposite. Hmm to Harrison. He's much more measured. He's much calmer. Um, he's much more interested in going 50-50 in a relationship. So, Okay, if there is a discussion about what's happened, do you think that Leighton's more reasoned approach, an analytical approach, is going to cut any ice with Bronte? No, because no. I, I think Bronte's no. too far gone. That's really like I say, I can see you're just sitting there wrapped up in a blanket on the corner of the couch, pining for Harrison, wondering <laughs> what's going on with Harrison. Even though... Like, I mean, it's it's obvious that he's he doesn't like Melinda as a person. Yeah. Um. I think it's all in Bronte's mind. I personally don't think that there's any snowballs, hell, and chance of anything happening between Melinda and. Okay, so we are we discussing them now? Okay, we're discussing them now. So what's going to happen there? It's just going to be a frost, 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 and maybe a few big rows. That's what it's going to be. I think it's just going to be frost, frost, frost. I don't think I'd like to think that Melinda wouldn't even engage in a row with Harrison. All right, I know I I can't see that happening because otherwise it'd be very boring. Because I don't think there's going to be any appreciation of where each other is coming from. That's just not going to happen. No, no. I think it'll be in. Infuriating. I think Harrison will be amused by it, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, and I think that Melinda will just be riled up and I think she'll be completely infuriated by it. Linda and Ollie. Okay. I think the big difference there is Ollie is much more, has a much greater level of emotional intelligence than Cameron. Uh, he's a much more uh, lay it out there, uh, let his feelings be known kind of guy than Cameron. And I think that could be interesting for Linda to experience. Yes or no? Yeah, I think so. I think so. It'll, you know, I think those two couples are very similar in a lot of ways. They're kind of, they're both young and, you know, impressionable and, you know, they kind of bring a lot of fun to the experiment. And I, I, I think, yeah, it'll do Lyndall the world of good to, to be matched up with Ollie. Ollie is much more world-wise as well. Okay. Yeah. Than Cameron. Sure. So it'll sure. give her a fresh perspective. Con- what do you conversely, think? Conversely, yeah. What, what will it be with Tani and Cam? Tani and Cam. Well, I was going to say, what do you think will Ollie will, Lyndall will bring to Ollie? How can I say this now? I think Lyndall will be a bit of a drag for Ollie compared to Tani. Okay. Possibly compared to Tani, she overthinks things a lot. Fair enough. And he find, may find that more difficult to, to uh, surprising and eye-opening as well as difficult uh, to deal with. So what about Tani and Ollie, Tani and Cam rather? 
Cam is not going to suit Tani. I think she'll we'll see the kind of issues that I think are there with Cam. I think we'll see them in much greater focus through Tani's eyes. Yeah, I think so. I think because Tani is much more objective, um, Lyndall is very wrapped up in Cam. So yeah. I think that Tani can be much more objective and she'll probably ask questions of the relationship. Yeah, I imagine a much less conversation and banter with Cam compared to what she's used to with Ollie, where yeah. they discuss everything and, you know, everything from whether the razor blades are sharp or whatever. They just discuss everything. And yeah. I think she'll find that lack of communication and banter a problem. She'll probably find it frustrating with Cam. Yeah. Look, we'll see. What about Duncan and Evelyn? Yeah, we imagine Duncan and Evelyn are going to end up together. That could be interesting in that you have two very, very physically attractive people and there's a worldliness and a confidence in Evelyn that could be very attractive to Duncan because let's face it, it's not there with Alyssa. Or will it be attractive to Duncan or does Duncan like the broken wing kind of, you know, person that he has to nurture and he has to protect? Well, yeah, yeah, I, 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 no, I still think, I still think you might find things a lot more pleasant with Evelyn. Yeah, you might find him refreshing. And she might find it a lot more pleasant to be with Duncan than to be with Rupert. Yeah, because he's a strong man. He's a, yeah, he's emotionally intelligent, certainly a hell of a lot more emotionally intelligent than Rupert. So, yeah. And that leaves us obviously with Alyssa and Rupert. And there you have. Oh, God. Wow. Yeah, that's two. Wow. Yeah, I don't know. Two, I don't know. two, two boats with no oars. Yeah. Rudderless. I, d- I don't know how Alyssa will cope in this experiment without Duncan. I think Duncan has been a crutch for Alyssa. Yeah. So how is she going to cope now flying solo? Because let's face it, Rupert's going to be no support at all whatsoever. I don't see anything. I don't understand what they could possibly gain from each other. I don't yeah. know what they could. I don't know what they could learn from each other. They've done something like this in the experiment before. I seem to remember where they sent them off on dates with each other's partners to get further perspective. I do remember that being done before. You're looking at me blank. Yeah, no, I do. Is it going back to you now? Yeah, yeah, I do. I think, you know, it depends what way to handle this. And they seem to, again, judging by how it was with the uh, Confessions Week, they handle these things very loosely. They just throw them into the apartment. They 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 do a few scenes together. And how each couple choose to spend the time, I think, is going to be their own business. How do they how are they going to work sleeping arrangements? I don't know. They Let's can't see. expect somebody to share no, a bed with somebody happen, else's partner. I think no, that's a bit it's not far-fetched, Love Island. isn't it? Yeah, it's not Love Island. <laughs> <laughs> Although, again, what was I saying only last week or last show? The similarities. You know, oh, they're, listen, <laughs> they're morphing. They're slowly but surely morphing together. Eventually, they'll be appearing on the couch in bikinis and shorts, you know. <laughs> I wouldn't mind seeing Duncan appearing on the couch in a pair of shorts. Uh, nice, tight, booty smugglers. Who, who am I going to look at now? Claire is gone now. I'm going to have to have, find somebody else to look at. Oh, well, there you go. You just look at me. <laughs> what a great commitment ceremony. What a great week to look forward to. Once again, we'll be there. Absolutely. Counting down the seconds until we can until we can watch the next episode. So listen, guys, thank you so much for joining us again. Take care. Keep watching maps, guys, and we'll see you soon. Bye for now. Before you go, just a quick request. Please like and subscribe to our podcast. And if you can, pop on a notification. That way you'll know when our podcast drops. If you'd like to get in touch with the show, you can email us on indicastreality at gmail.com. Indicastreality at gmail.com.